Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back, everyone. It is now 8.08 here at WCCO Radio. So glad that you are sticking and staying with us tonight. My next guest I'm very excited about, and he's brought to you by John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. And I have to tell you, it's called The State of Black America, Progress, Pitfalls, and the Promise of the Republic. Now, this is edited by William B. Allen, and he is our guest tonight. I'm excited to interview him tonight. And let me tell you a little bit about this. In a nation that is tearing itself apart over race, trying to speak honestly about the state of black America is a perilous task. Amen. Charges of systemic racism and proliferating identity politics have been turned loose, undermining American unity while seeking to replace our shared values and commitment to individual rights with a new woke anti-racist ideology. In the process, the real lived experience of black Americans remains overlooked. Is America the land of white oppression and structural racism featured in the 1619 Project or the imperfect land of liberty and boundless opportunity envisioned by Frederick Douglass? Well, in the state of black America, progress pitfalls and the promise of the republic. And by the way, that's by Encounter Books. It was released on May 24th of this year. Editor William B. Allen is joining us now. He's a resident scholar and the former chief operating officer of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, lovingly known as the acronym of CURE, C-U-R-E. And he has assembled an incisive collection of essays that reveals the past, present, and future strength of Black America as the best hope for a nation that has lost faith in itself. William B. Allen Editor, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Sir, I just want to know immediately, um, are you an African-American man? Well, I have to answer that question in a perplexing way. No. The reason I say no is because I'm black. And I published an op-ed 30-some years ago in which I explained why I'm still black. And I said, when I became black, I became black for good. For good. We're talking about a lifetime. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You you are one of the first to really catch on. (laughs) Well, I must say, I am really um, very interested in the state of black America. And we've talked about this. Many, many scholars have addressed this particular subject. Tell me why this is so meaningful for you as an editor. It is meaningful to me because partly I've spent a lifetime trying to 
bring clarity to these questions. I served on the Commission on Civil Rights, and much of my scholarship has been devoted to it. And at CURE, I realized we had an opportunity to gather together some of the brightest people in the country to really address the critical question, what happened after slavery ended? Because we we have a false view of that. We we think after slavery ended, the curtain came down rather than going up. <laughs> we we think that what happened was a dark period of complete repression and utter victimization and total black dependence resulted. The opposite was true. Yes, it was terrible. Repression, yes. Enforced segregation, yes. Pervasive lynching, yes. Riots and massacres, yes. All those things happened. But in the midst of them. We saw extraordinary progress in American black communities. And we saw free slaves move immediately into education, attaining 50% literacy by 1920 already, but doubling the population between 1860 and 1890, just 30 years. Phenomenal. Family formation. All the way through the early part of the 20th century, we saw economic progress, educational progress. We saw social progress. And that was during the darkest years. Now, since that time, of course, a lot of those dark clouds have been lifted because, of course, we passed civil rights laws and we got court decisions where we won against school segregation and other things. And that doesn't mean all of the indignities were eliminated. No, there were still cases left. But gradually, what had been first the cancer of surgery that was moved by, pardon me, the cancer of slavery that was moved by radical surgery, and then the cancer of racism which took chemotherapy, lots of legislation and protest and all that. You know what I mean? So, yes, so I do. basically, we've been curing ourselves of these cancers successively. And yet today, we look back and we pretend the cancer was never cured. And that's crazy. And that's what the New York Times 1619 Project is doing, pretending the cancer has never been cured. With respect to the cancer of slavery, we're in remission. We have to understand that. It's not coming back. And with the cancer, with respect to the cancer of racism, it's declining. Chemotherapy is winning. Okay. If this is so, then why is it that I am more um, aware of how powerful the hate is against those of us that look like you and me? If that is the case, then why aren't I celebrating that? Why don't we have that information and that news that you just shared with us? Uh, why, why aren't we talking more about that? Well, we, we try to explain that in the book, and, and there's a good reason for it. It's because we have persuaded ourselves that as long as it's possible to look for a handout, we will not extend the helping hand. America needs us, and it needs our helping hand more than we need its handout. We can take care of ourselves. But we persuaded ourselves that that's not true. And I understand why. I don't blame people necessarily for it. When Lyndon Johnson told the country equal opportunity is not enough, he was sending a message directly into the hearts of black communities. He was saying, you're not capable. You can't do it on your own. You can't take care of yourself. And a lot of that got internalized. There was even leadership in black communities that internalized it and repeated it and preached it. You are dependent victims. And that destroyed a sense of agency. When people do not have a sense of agency, they do not have confidence in themselves, they do not believe self-government will work for them. And of course, that's the only thing that will work. And so we have to recover that self-confidence, recover that sense of agency in order to understand why the world looks so glum so often today. However, I would say that um, 
our people have mm-hmm. really been devastated in the last three decades, um, seeing how uh, laws have been turned uh, and canceled almost um, to find that we are no longer, um, they are not in- encouraging others who don't look like us to uh, get rid of the books about slavery. It really didn't happen. It's like the whole narrative has changed. What we all know to be true and what we all believe to be true as um, African-Americans, the big challenge for me is that we still are changing the narrative, or at least the government is changing the narrative as we, as we sit and watch and try to figure out why. What would you well, say? I think I have to share with you. I'm, I'm much older than you are, and, and perhaps probably most of your audience. And so I have to share something with you that goes back into my past because people have lost touch with it. I was raised on Paul Lawrence Dunbar. I was raised on, uh, you know, uh, James Weldon Johnson, uh, Langston Hughes. Uh, I, I understood who I was a long time ago, long before people said they weren't teaching you who you were, long before they said they had destroyed your history. I had that history. So we're talking about something that happened recently, not something that happened a long time ago. There's, a, there's no accident that there are lots of Dunbar High Schools, uh, James Alden Johnson High Schools, and Langston Hughes, and all the rest of them, e- even right up to, to Ralph Ellison himself. So, so, so something dramatic changed since that earlier period in the 20th century, and we are partly involved in the change. It wasn't the man who did it to us, simply. We did it to ourselves. We started looking differently, without pride and self-respect and looking from the position of thinking we are under siege and we can't lift this cloud of darkness around us unless the government intervenes to do it for us. And that was a big mistake. That was surrendering power to somebody else to do what we could do for ourselves. So can you tell me if you grew up in a black community? Yes, of course, in the segregated South. Right. Oh, my goodness. So was my mother. She was... uh raised in that as well. The yeah. difficulty difficulty for me today is that we believed that the government was there to support the people of America, all of us, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. African Americans. And mm-hmm. what we have seen is the releasing of us as though as though they're saying you don't need this information anymore, you don't need to be smart, you just want to work, that'll be fine. And it's it's as though we're being thrown away today. Are you saying that we are throwing ourselves away? I'm telling you just that. And that's because, you see, from the founding of this country, there was one thing that was the key to everything that went on in the country. And it wasn't slavery. Slavery was a problem, and that had to be overcome, to be sure. But the one thing was the founding said all human beings are capable of self-government. And nobody started denying that until they started denying it in the context of race and suggesting black people were not capable of self-government. And so that when they drove that message home into black minds themselves, then it became self-fulfilling prophecy and self-defeating. Of course we're capable of self-government. Of course we can handle these problems. And I, don't, I mean problems. I don't mean that there are no problems. You're right. There are lots of things you look about when you say, gee, why is this happening? Let me give you an example. Why is it we came to a period of time when welfare came to be synonymous with being black? When we all know that in absolute numbers there were more white people on the aid to families with dependent children than black people. 
Yeah, but white white, white people have. Black. Excuse me for interrupting, sir. But white people have been called white people all along. We have been mm-hmm. changing our moniker. How many times now? Um, you know, what we were black yeah. and we were Negro, and so, I mean, we can go all down the list. We haven't even mm-hmm. landed on the the word that defines who we are. If there was yeah, that, a word that would define who we are, what do you think it is? Well, that, that instability says a lot. You're absolutely right about that. And I do not try to impose names on people. For people who say, I'm an African-American, I accept it from them. For me, it's, a, it's an offense. But I don't mind if anybody else says it. That's fine. If that's what they think. My point is this. We don't need to have an identity imposed upon us. We don't need to assume an identity. What we have is the strength of the affirmation of our humanity. And that is viable in these United States. And insisting upon that is everything. That's what Frederick Douglass and Ida B. Wells were talking about in 1893 already. That's when they were protesting being excluded from the Columbian Exposition, you know, the Chicago Wells Fair, World's Fair of that year. They said, you kept black people out of this. Why did you do that? And they went back to 1619. And they said, you know, with 1619, you brought those slaves here. You set in train a pattern of things that was just really awful. But then you got rid of slavery. The war came. Abolition came. And in just the period of not quite 30 years since then, look at all that we've accomplished. You're not allowing us to tell that story. And guess what? It's not a story of the accomplishments of American blacks. It's a story of American accomplishments, because we're accomplishing that in the United States, living out American principles. And that's what you're denying. That's what you're refusing yourself as well as us. Okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. In the recent years, you say straight talk about the state of black America has become dangerous. Tell me more. That's because when people try to tell the truth about what happened, they quickly find themselves being called racist. I'll give you a quick story about that. When I was chairman of the Commission on Civil Rights coming to the end of my term, I went to the Capitol Hill and spoke to the Wednesday group. And that was the group of Republicans who meet on Wednesdays there in Congress in the House. And I gave them an update on the situation in the country and told them what I thought needed to be said and done about the question of race. When I finished my talk to a person, they said to me, we can't say that. We would be called racist. Now, it's only gotten worse since then. And so people won't tell the truth because they are intimidated, bullied, silenced, and canceled. And that's why it's dangerous. We have to hear hard truths. We, had, we need to hear truth about what's happening in our urban centers where black communities of themselves are in charge. And we need to be able to say to them, you can take charge. And you don't have to defer to the White House or the State House or anybody else. You can set, set the terms for engagement in this community. And if you're going to assure public safety and public education, you can do it. And all you have to do is insist that you're going to do it yourself. That's all it takes. William B. Allen, I need a whole hour with you. I just want you to know know that, and we don't have an hour tonight. But I do want to say that this book is really about eight essays in this volume that bring clarity to the murky darkness, you say, of America, America's race debates, reviewing and building up the latest scholarship into the character shape and tendencies of life for black Americans. The bottom line here is that you and I both know that not too much has changed. Right. I don't care if I look back in my early teens to today in my 60s. 
I understand that not so much has changed. And it seems as though we're waving. You know, if I could look at um, us not just walking because of gravity on this earth, but if we mm-hmm. could float around, it would seem as though we would just float endlessly and never get set and solid at, as to where we should be. And that is I my like final that. question. This essay... Um, of eight essays, I should say, this book of eight essays. Sounds like it's really important, and I am definitely going to get this book. But I want you to tell me what is the one thing that you want African Americans or black people to know after reading this book? What do you want them to receive from your brain trust? It's what you just said, and I really like the image you just used. You feel like you're floating around, not settled down somewhere. Mm -hmm. I want people to settle down. And that's why this book is not just one perspective. It's a debate. There are different perspectives represented in these essays. Because I have confidence. I believe that if people take the time to see it from both sides, they will come down on the side of truth. They will settle down. I wish we had more time. I wish we had more time. Sir, I really thank you for joining us tonight. The book is called The State of Black America, Progress, Pitfalls, and the Promise of the Republic. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You're so very welcome. It's been delightful. Thank you, sir. Good night. Good night. All right, we're going to take a break, do some, uh, pay some bills, and we'll be back in a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back, everyone. It is now... It is now 827 here at WCC. Oh, my goodness, how time is flying. Thank you so much, I tell you, for sticking and staying with us right here on WCCO, the producer in studio. You hear his voice every Sunday night as much as possible because every now and then he takes some time off. But Jonathan Lowe is our in-studio producer, and he and I uh, will be covering the Mom and Michael Hour tonight because Michael is not able to join us tonight. Um, There is so much going on. Uh, in our world. And I know it's really frustrating. And just talking to my guest, William B. Allen, who was um, the editor for this book of essays that has come out. And um, I don't, I had so many questions, so much more I wanted to talk to him about. But my goodness, Jonathan, that would take a lifetime, it feels like, to delve into all that he is saying. Some of the things that I did not agree with, absolutely, you probably heard that. Um, but there were also things that I'm not sure about. I'm trying to get clarity on it. So I think I'm going to pick up that book and read those essays and just see what it is that he is really uh, trying to tell us. What is he really trying to tell us? So I don't know about you, Jonathan, as an African-American man, but did you um, sense you know, this was something that you would be hungry to pick up and read? Uh, I sh- to be honest, I should just because I should, as people say a lot of times, black people just like Hispanic or Latino people, just like Asian people, just like women, just like any other group or sect is not a monolith. Mm-hmm. And so you have varying ideas across different landscapes. The question that I would have asked uh, if, if I had the opportunity to ask Mr. Allen, I understand where he's coming from. I've heard the thoughts that he's said, the thought process that he has said mm-hmm. before. This is this is not new. This is something that uh, some of the old uh, the the folks that were part of the civil rights movement have said um, back in the sixties. They're saying kind of the same thing that Mr. Allen is saying today. The question I would have for him is, what what would you have us do as a, as a people, as a as a as a sect that would be completely trustworthy for everybody else? And and the, and I'll explain it real quick. What I mean by that, we've tried multiple ways to get ingratiated into this country, whether it was through 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 means that were not our own through force or through ways that we were trying to get a foothold on our own. And one thing I go back to is the period after the Civil War with Reconstruction and and really when Jim Crow was starting to, to rise, black people were separating themselves and building their own towns and building their own communities and building their own spaces. And that was taken away violently in many instances. And so you, uh, the the big one that people talk about now is the Tulsa riot um, from 100 plus years ago, from 100 years ago now. Do you think that there's still a trust in this country that if you build everything up and build it up in a way that's separate from 
other sects, other parts of, of the culture, that it will be able to stand, that it will be able to live. Um, I don't know if that trust has been gained yet because you have other sections of town, like in Minneapolis and St. Paul, you have the Frogtown area, which has a lot of a uh, very high monk population. You have parts of Lake Street, which is uh, quite has a lot of Latino people in it. Uh, you have sects that have been formed, but when it comes to uh, blacks or African Americans, there's been a lot of uh, consternation. The way I'll try to put it diplomatically. Well, I tell you, Jonathan, this is a conversation that has been uh, taking place for decades and decades, if not centuries. Of course, we know 450 years of this pain and trying to figure it all out. And when you don't, when others have not lived the lives that we've lived or our parents and grandparents and great grandparents and ancestors have lived, it's difficult for people to understand it and very difficult for some to even accept it. The bottom line is, if we don't accept the truth, then what are we going to accept? And the pain of it all, reading it, living it, being it, you know, is passed down from generation to generation to generation. I'm not quite sure that I agree with him. In fact, I almost know for sure that I don't agree with him and all that he said. But this is a conversation that's been going on for a very long time. And now they're addressing it through the essays. I'm going to pick up the book for sure. And I hope you will too. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is now 8.38 here at WCCO. Welcome back. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele, and I am excited for this interview 
Did you know that anxiety and depression have skyrocketed in children over the last few years? Now, we've been hearing about it, especially during COVID 2020 to 2021, and now even. Um, but it's it's been a study now, and the study by American Public Health Association reveals that if this loss goes unaddressed, it could cause devastating effects on our children for years to come. So Michelle Marie King is the founder and CEO of Positive Presence Global, a virtual life coaching and mentorship program for students aged 12 to 25. She is here with us tonight to talk about the uncertainty she's seeing in kids and what parents can do to help. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so blessed to be here. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Here's the thing. You are absolutely correct. So many children don't know what to do with what they're thinking or what they're feeling. And when we don't know what to do with what we're thinking and feeling, that's when the trouble starts. Am I correct? A hundred percent. That's when it seeps in. Okay. So what impact has the pandemic had on the mental health and well-being of children and teens? Well, if you can imagine, our children, they are so used to social emotional learning in these outgoing atmospheres in school. I mean, that's what the whole academic system has been built upon so that they can learn social emotionally as well at the same time while they're learning academically. And so when all of that is stripped away as it was with, with the pandemic, all of a sudden, not only do they have to now kind of keep up and learn academically in a new innovative way, but they also have to try and find unique ways to learn social emotionally as well. And when all of that deteriorates, you can imagine what happens in Inside these, the, the you know the student, the kids themselves, and how much of a toll that takes. Many parents are really concerned about their children, whether they are uh, small ones, um, if they are in elementary school, junior high school, especially. And we're hearing a whole lot about how difficult it is for a young person to really understand their own development. And so, under this umbrella of this pandemic. Um, what what can parents do? What are the signs that they need to understand in order to um, help their children get to the point where they are okay with who they have become since the pandemic started? Oh, that's such a great question. I think the first thing is sit with your children, ask questions. So many times when we're working with parents, um, we lack even just sitting and having a, a pause and asking our children, how are you feeling? Are you okay? You know, those simple phrases to just start the conversation is so important and integral. Once you start the conversation, then you can kind of start looking for social cues. So like little, you know, hints and nuggets of like, what are they struggling with? Um, are they sad? Are they feeling distant? Are they feeling lonely? Do they feel like they can't communicate effectively? Are they starting to show signs of just kind of this disruption of just their own kind of personality? Um, a lot of times we can start to look for signs in our household too, you know, if we're starting to notice that they're being more withdrawn. I think that sometimes we can open the doors in our, like our physical doors in our, in our, um, in our homes more so that we can accommodate for our children to come talk to us. So I think just starting the conversation, providing these opportunities and these pauses where we can allow our children to come and talk to us, have a voice, is ultimately going to be kind of the precipice to starting these conversations and getting engagement. 
But wasn't that the center of what parents needed to do initially when this pandemic started? You know, we didn't realize how much that their mentality has been affected or infected. And so now we've got mm-hmm. them trying to hold on, trying to say, hey, I can be normal again. I'm okay. When they're mm-hmm. not okay. And many of them, do they really understand what okay means? Mm. <laughs> You're absolutely right. No, I don't think they do. I think that that's part of the problem, to be honest, is that okay now feels meh to a lot of students. And so it's like we have to almost start from scratch and help them understand, like, what does okay mean to you? Almost recalibrate our language with our, with our children. When they say okay, go a little bit deeper. Well, okay, well, how does okay feel for you? Like, does okay feel like, are you sad? Are you happy? Help them understand certain emotions that they can tie to these these verbal cues that they're giving us. And I think those questions, ultimately, us being at interacting more social and emotionally with our children is are going to help them learn how to interact and reacclimate to society and to their, you know, their school atmosphere as well. So Michelle Marie King is the founder and CEO of Positive Presence Global. Tell us about that. Yes, thank you so much. Positive Presence Global, we are the largest life coaching company for teenagers and young adults nationwide. And we've created a one-on-one mentor coaching program that um, is all virtual that allows our students to connect with their best coach coast to coast. And in those one-on-one relationships, it's really all about connection and relatability. And these relationships last six months to six years sometimes with our students. And it's really all about being, having a person there for them. They're one person that they can relate to outside of their family dynamic um, that is going to, you know, that they, that is going to love them, is going to connect with them, um, can give them a safe place to be honest and raw and vulnerable without judgment. Um, and we're really encouraging them to um, practice social emotional learning with us. You know, like we incorporate a lot of those um, techniques, metal learning, emotional intelligence, executive functioning skills into our com- our daily and weekly conversations with our students. Okay, so then what are the metrics for you? I mean, you've got different children from different backgrounds at some of these places, I'm sure, uh, really reaching out to you to see if they can do something to make sure that the children understand why this is happening, how it is happening, and what it's doing to them. If that is the case, then how is it that we can really understand what the children are going through, whether they are, you know, elementary, like I said, or um, high, uh, junior high school or high school. Because my challenge with my grandchildren is to try to make sure that they know they are loved. No matter what is yeah. going on in the world, you have got to know and understand that I love you. Mom and dad loves you. Your siblings love you. Mm-hmm. Your family. We have a huge family, about 35 of us in the Twin Cities. And I say to them, wow. you, they, this is your family. They love you. That is the thing I that has made me smile and cry tears of joy because they actually Mm. respond with a smile. They will get up and come and hug me. So are you using that type of, or or at least receiving those metrics so that you can see that the child really understands? Yes, absolutely. And honestly, I mean, that's the core of our, our relationships. I mean, we are far from transactional and positive presence. Our goal is to establish rapport. I mean, I tell my coaches across the country not to take on a student unless you are willing and able to treat them as though they are your own kin and your own son, your own daughter, sister, brother. So that is the, that is the foundation of the relationships that we establish with our students. And we say, I mean, I mean, I personally, as a coach, when I, 
really work with my students, I say I love you. It's a part of my coaching experience because for some of these kids, they don't, they're not as lucky as your family. They don't hear I love you in their homes. They, they feel um, like an outcast. And so to have somebody outside of their family that they can trust, that they can lean on as kinship um, is so important. And I think, you know, ultimately in today's world as well, as an equal importance is that we also need to help our children understand that you need to love yourself as much as I love you, you know? And so, and you're, it's hard to, for these children and for these young adults to love other people when they don't love themselves, you know, like when they can't go inward and love what they see in the mirror, love what they sit with in the middle of the night by themselves. That's when a lot of that deterioration starts to occur, you know? And so our goal is to, yes, love them. Let's show me, we're going to show you how to love you how we love you but ultimately it's with the with the goal so that you can learn how to love yourself as well and that's where a lot of that peace and love and um, a lot of that you know self um, perseverance really kind of comes in so how are the parents involved in what you do yeah absolutely so I mean, it ranges across the country, you can imagine. I mean, with every family dynamic, there's a lot of different requests, a lot of different goals. And um, so uh, some parents, you know, we talk to just as much as we talk to the the student and we encourage it Um, because we feel, I mean, it takes a village. I'm sure you know that, Um, you know, like we, it takes a strong foundation from all angles in order to really support one particular person to grow in today's society. And so we really encourage parents to be a part of this process, communicate with us because we're not with them every single day. Day, um, and then also we we also offer mediation between families, parents, and and students who and their loved ones who are having struggling in the family dynamic themselves. We also offer parent coaching, so we have parents on staff that are coaches that coach parents. Um, you know, because it's ultimately as a parent, I'm sure you can relate to this. Um, it's not about just being a parent; it's about being a person as well. And so you also, as a parent, have to learn how to love yourself just as much so that you can love your children and they can learn how to love themselves as well. It's that cyclical process that I think is key to success and growing a prosperous, prosperous um, society. You know, prosperous. um, Yeah. We've put so much into that as a society right now, and I don't think it's working. Um, And so, (laughs) you know, when you reach out to the parents and the parents reach out to the children, what kind of feedback are you getting? Like when you're, having a hard time breaking through your child's barriers. What are you saying to parents about how do you break through that barrier? Because a lot of them just, uh, they don't want to hear it. Yeah, I think that it ranges. I mean, I think that unfortunately with the pandemic, another, you know, thing that that occurred, a negative outcome is that a lot of these teens and young adults, especially um, created a, a this kind of barrier and this, this wall, this facade that they're trying to use to protect themselves, but ultimately it is harming themselves. And um, I think that with parents, it's, it takes a lot of patience. We tell parents that, you know, show them how, what you're wanting them to do. Like if you're wanting your son or daughter to open up to you more, go and have a conversation. Like go and just have dinner, take them out, you know, and get your nails done. Go shopping with your with your daughter and start conversation. Don't just, I think a lot of parents, with all due respect, I'm a parent myself. I know I do this haphazardly. Um, you know, we nitpick and we, the moment we're with our children, we, um, we talk about the things that we've noticed that they're doing wrong or the things that we're worried about. And we try to like really hone in on those things. And I think the moment that we can kind of step away from our 
archetype of being a parent and be a person first and connect person to person, soul to soul with our children um, and just have a conversation, um, that communication is ultimately going to breed a lot of um, foundational love and support. And then it's still going to take a lot of patience. <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. overnight, but you've got to build those building blocks. Um, start with those building blocks in order for your children to just realize that it's safe for them to put down their walls and that you're not going to judge them, that you're not going to question them, that no matter what they're going through, thinking, feeling, you know, whatever trapped in, um, that you're here for them and you're willing to listen, you're willing to meet them where they are, understand their perspective and help them with whatever it is that they are needing you to be to have help with. Well, Michelle Marie King, excuse me, is the founder and CEO of Positive Presence Global. And if people that are listening tonight, parents specifically, and they say, hey, this could be really great for my child, where do they go to find you? Yeah, you can go to positivepresenceglobal.com or Google Positive Presence Global or Michelle Marie King. Um, we And we're ready and willing to help um, anybody across the country, even if you just have questions, if there's anything that we can do to just support you, definitely please go to our website. Um, We have a chat feature. We have an email feature uh, and we'd be willing to support you, help you do whatever we can to support you and your family. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us tonight. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. All right. You take care. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in a moment. It is now 8.55 here at WCCO. I want to thank you so much for sticking and staying with us for the first two hours from 7 to 9 o'clock. And, of course, all of our guests have uh, been sponsored by the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, and we are grateful for that. Um, Also, we have a great center stage lined up for you, but I do want to let you know that the mom and Michael hour will be minus Michael. He will not be able to join us tonight. He had to keep changing his schedule and changing it and changing it. So I am, I'm really grateful that he comes on most of the time, only a few times he takes off and tonight is one of those. So Jonathan and I will be absolutely doing the mom and Michael hour. All right, Jonathan, this has been really fun. Of course, Center Stage is next. Uh, All things arts and entertainment. We just think you ought to know about it, and we have a great lineup. I should let you know that my producers, I have three of them. I've never had three before in these 23 years. And, of course, Chris Tubbs is the one that takes care of Center Stage. And then 7 and 8 o'clock hour is Craig Schofer. We call him Hammer from time to time. So it's great. And then, of course, the third is Jonathan Lowe, who is in studio at WCCO. So thank you so much for sticking and staying with us. Center Stage is coming up next. We've got the incomparable Michael Bland. Oh, my gosh. You remember him? If you don't remember him, he was with the new power generation for years with Prince. And, of course, this was the big the big celebration 2022 for Prince. And it was remarkable. I'll be talking about that with um, Jonathan in the 10 o'clock hour. So do stay tuned. I'm so looking forward to it. All right, Jonathan, we are going to take a break in just a moment and start off again with Michael Bland. You want to hear what's happening with him. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.